Welcome to the Visegrad Inside podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. My name is Emilia Sherkan. I'm investigative journalist with 25 years of experience. I am specialized in revealing uh, plagiarism in doctoral dissertation of uh, top Romanian politicians and uh, officials. And I'm recommending you Visegrad Insight. Hello, dear listeners. It's June 13th, 2022, and I'm here at the Visegrad Insight studio. I'm Miles Maftian, sitting with Kamil Jaranczyk. We're here to bring you the latest news in the Central and Eastern European region. We actually have a ton on the plate, uh, and I'd kind of like to start off by discussing some of the, the larger stories that's actually coming in and out of Brussels and its, in, its impact for the region. So on Thursday, this was really big news. Parliament adopted a resolution that's calling on the European Council to agree to start the process to revise the EU treaties. So in favor were 355, 154 against, and 48 abstentions. This, it's easy to say, will bring about some massive changes. So when I kind of looked into this and thought of what, what could actually happen here, we obviously see that there's going to be a, a reform of the voting procedures in the council in an effort to sort of help the EU act swiftly. And one of the major things there is switching from unanimity to qualified majority voting. Mm. And essentially, this is eliminating the vetoes that we've seen in the region for, for Hungary, Poland, which could lead to a, a major shift. And here I would kind of want to question not question, but kind of bring up as a sort of discussion point whether there would be any sort of supermajority voting rather than pure majority voting here, especially in terms of certain aspects related to special higher lawmaking and so forth. We have this in many constitutional systems, especially when it comes to those larger, really special um, higher lawmaking processes. I think this is something that we can certainly look to for those really difficult decisions that we have to make. But another area there, what they're going to, I think, be looking at is trying to strengthen the procedure to protect EU's founding values and clarify the determination and the consequences of breaching these values. This is also massive, and we shouldn't take this lightly, because the debate here, I think, is, is going to center on defining that substantive line and sort of drawing it out in plain term, plain terms, which is going to be really fascinating to follow. But where that threshold actually is and defining that threshold will be extremely difficult given the given all of the parties that are actually on board here, right? Yeah, well, one of the treaty the treaty changes have to be voted in through unanimity. Right. Which of course um, a lot of uh, Central East uh, Eastern European uh, countries have actually sent a letter um, is stating that they're against treaty change at the moment, but right. that doesn't mean that it won't come. That's exactly the point. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the next steps here is sort of setting up a convention itself, right? Mm. There's talks or there's a possibility that they might try to set this up during the EU summit that's taking place next week. This convention, for all you out there who may not have so much of a fascination with constitution making as I would, <laughs> um, but you would have MEPs that would be part of this convention. You would have com um, commissioners. Um, you would have preferably 
members of parliament from different member states, and then probably EU leaders as well, who precisely those EU leaders are and what role that they would actually take. This is kind of one of those defining moments, I would say right now, that will be extremely interesting um, from, a, from a sort of more uh, political studying perspective. So expect more news on this soon. I think the second really big news that we've seen is that the European Commission has also pushed forward the approval of recovery funds to Poland, regardless of compliance with the rule of law, and despite dissent within the college. Mm -hmm. Right. So some believe it to be irresponsible, but this was sort of just noise that was brought about by a small initiative of, of individual MEPs. But still, what we know is, is that conditions have to actually be met in order for the money to be paid out. Milestones. Exactly. Hmm. So apart from this, there is one other larger news that actually is coming from Brussels. And interestingly, our editor-in-chief, Wojciech Przybylski, is actually reporting live from Brussels today. So we'll, we'll actually listen in right now and hear what he has to say. Hello from Brussels. I'm recording this from the trip we're having as Visegrad Insight in Brussels today. We have a public event tomorrow, a closed one, uh, with the first draft scenarios, um, voices from Central Eastern Europe as uh, scenarios for the future of Europe emerge and will be published as a, as a shadow report in uh, September 2022 and then distributed and uh, hopefully will energize the public debate and policy inform the policy directions um, of the governments but also of the European institutions ahead of what's coming up to be um, uh, probably the most intense period um, since the last treaty changes regarding the strategic direction for Europe. As I'm landing in Brussels, uh, we have a visit of uh, Emmanuel Emmanuel Macron, Olaf Scholz and Mario Draghi upcoming in Kiev. There is a big big significance of that trip. Uh, naturally, it's uh, the first trip of, of those uh, politicians, uh, leading countries of uh, European Union to Kiev in a display of solidarity. Um, one may say a bit delayed, but still a very important sign, especially ahead of the European Council meeting. Now, um, the speculation is unfolding that while this solidarity comes in place and the three may come to Kiev in, offer, in order to offer Zelensky the prospects of candidacy, uh, we know for sure that France is prepared to give the status of a candidate um, country should there be an agreement in Europe. So so there is a conditionality um, behind it. Uh, and of course, uh, France may say that more comfortably, knowing that uh, today's main opposition to the prospect of candidacy is, is voiced from the Netherlands by Prime Minister Rutte. At the same time, the worry is uh, that the leaders might be in Kiev uh, trying to negotiate and persuade uh, President Zelensky to, for some concessions for, towards Russia in order to attain um, uh, yet another um, uh, frozen conflict situation, another peace, not even peace, another ceasefire that we have known has worked before from, uh, from the Minsk agreements onwards after 
um, after 2014. So in order to achieve uh, uh, a delayed prospect of yet another Russian attack, which is nevertheless coming, as we know also from Vladimir Putin's uh, remark, uh, from his remarks in, in St. Petersburg, uh, where he uh, called himself and, and, and portrayed himself as um, someone who implements the vision of Peter the Great, that is not conquering new lands, but uh, but getting uh, the lands historically owned by Russia back. Nevertheless, I mean, that's, that's, uh, uh, that of course is not factual. If, if you look back into the history, uh, Russia is much more uh, modern or newer state than uh, much less modern but but still newer state that many of the countries that it invades or poses threats to but still it is um, uh, it is showing and displaying a logic uh, of, of geopolitics in which uh, Moscow leader believes he is uh, he has a strong rationale and a historical mission that uh, doesn't necessarily mean that he is a lunatic uh, but definitely means that he's prepared for um, for big sacrifice and for a long war if we read it uh, in between the lines as the war with the Swedish Empire of that time uh, has taken two oh, over two decades and led to a strategic failure of Sweden um, in the Battle of Poltava and the withdrawal of the ambitions to have this part of Europe integrated further uh, with the uh, with the West. Now, uh, the visit back to the visit of uh, of the three leaders in Kiev. There is one other significance of that visit, uh, which is also worrying for Central Europe, or from the point of view of Central Europe, because there is no. Uh, this is not a manifestation of European Union's unity, but uh, East-West divide, and we do not see there on board uh, among the the three the leaders or any of the leader uh, of Central Europe. And you could think of, of several. Uh, for one, you could think of um, uh, President Duda, um, uh, Prime Minister Morawiecki of Poland, the country which became obviously a hub of uh, support and help. And uh, the most vocal advocate, uh, or one of the most vocal advocates for Ukraine. Um, there is no, uh, there is no invitation. There is no participation of a Czech uh, leader, a country that assumes EU presidency just um, in in just a couple of uh, weeks ahead, which would be also a natural choice and display of of the European Union uh, unity and and a common position, and uh, and there are no other even uh, even uh, pretense. Of, of diplomatic uh, sorts uh, to have anyone from the Baltics uh, naturally most endangered also by the very recent comments uh, from uh, from Vladimir Putin or uh, or even Slovakia where uh, Ms. Chaputova, president of Slovakia is portrayed as the most pro-EU leader of Central Europe. So there is uh, the significance of absence here is just as stark as, as striking 
as in the case of the previous visits of leaders of Central Europe without the participation of the Western European leaders. I, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, like to say, I mean, th th this, is not, this is not to say uh, that, that, uh, that we are split over Ukraine, but we're definitely not using, as European Union members uh, altogether, an opportunity to stand united in this political communication. So um, let's see how the, uh, the visit plays out. But for the time being, um, uh, I think we can surely say that this is one of the most significant developments uh, of, of this week. Great. Thank you so much. So kind of looking forward, Camille, why don't you tell us what's happening? What what do you really see as big news this week? Yeah, something big that's happening this week or in general at the at this time period is Hungary uh, right. as, uh, of course, uh, actually not yeah, surprisingly, not surprisingly, but uh, it's actually good this time. Um, maybe they're not taking the lead, but they're not standing in the way. Uh, one regional format that took place on the 10th of June was actually the Bucharest 9 uh, meeting, which is um, the eastern flank of NATO. It's a uh, meeting of their presidents. Um, Kathleen Novak actually took part. And in quite a strongly wor worded declaration, uh, Hungary was also included. Amongst uh, the points, uh, there was the condemnation of uh, Russia's unprovoked and unjustified aggression against Ukraine and, an and support for an increasing of NATO's presence across the entire eastern flank, um, which Hungary signed up to as well, uh, to this declaration. So that's actually quite good news in that case. But with everything good also comes bad. You, have to, you have to also ask yourself if it's just another concession that they're making when it comes to not only recovery funds, but actually for the NATO summit that is going to be taking place at the end of the month. Of course. And also um, the Hungarians, uh, the Hungarian government has mentioned the fact that they want a relationship with Poland, right. which has been, of course, uh, broken ever since yes. uh, Poland has uh, sort of come out of this crisis um, as a star and Hungary much more as a villain. So um, so it could also be because uh, it was uh, this uh, meeting in Bucharest was co-hosted between, of course, the Romanian president right. and president of Poland, Andrzej right. Duda. So it's a good... Um, so saving face with, uh, with the old friends. Yeah, right? with their old friend. Exactly. But uh, with everything good, of course, uh, comes bad. Um, in On the 11th of June, uh, the foreign minister, uh, Peter Siarto, um, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, uh, the actually announced that the Russian-led uh, Pax nuclear power expansion received the soil stabilization permit from the Hungarian Atomic Energy Authority. This is basically, right. this doesn't mean much to uh, maybe a lay person, but in reality, what this means is that uh, the Russian-led uh, Pax uh, 2 uh, expansion uh, of the nuclear power plant has uh, reached another milestone. Uh, milestone, And with each uh, milestone met, uh, the harder it is to reverse this process, even if there were ever a theoretical, you know, change of government or a change of course. Right. So almost a sort of schizophrenic uh, <laughs> Hungary is back at it again. On, yeah. the, on the one hand, you have... You have the well. They're saying all the right things, exactly, and then doing and then doing something completely different as well. Doing what they want. Yeah, that's great. Thanks so much. Actually, what we're going to do now is move on to the interview portion because it's it's a fantastic interview. It's a great one. It's a little bit longer, uh, but it's something we would love for you to stick around with and please contribute to the Future of Ukraine Fellowship. The fund has now been kicked off. 
We have several great articles that are in the pipeline and we just need your support. Emilia, so good to sit with you here at the sidelines of the LSE Ideas Ratio Forum for Democracy in Cluj-Napoca, Romania. And, uh, and also I'm, I'm amazed at how fearless and fearsful fighter for transparency you are in the public life because you're hunting public, uh, public people for their plagiarism and expose them. And as I understand you, there is a, there is a list of 50 who should be ashamed or so. Uh, but there is, uh, there is also a bit of a backlash that I wanted to talk to you about. This is what you talked uh, at, a, at a panel uh, we had here yesterday. And it's super important also from, uh, from the point of view of uh, democratic trans security, trans the, the, the surveillance and the um, like good governance in which, in which uh, that kind of job uh, does not, does not uh, pose uh, serious risks. So I know it sounds ambiguous for our listeners, but Emilia, you have, uh, you, you have all the time necessary to explain because your story is quite remarkable. Oh, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me in your podcast. It's, it's a great pleasure. Uh, yes, I think I have a, uh, an interesting story. Um, yes, I, I can call myself a plagiarism hunter because in the last seven years, I specialized on uh, searching and revealing plagiarism cases in uh, doctoral dissertations. And uh, this, is, this is kind of phenomenon in Romania. Um, yes, until now, I, I think I have uh, about uh, 50 people that uh, plagiarized and I discovered that they plagiarized in their doctoral dissertations, but also in some books or in some academic papers. And, uh, but, I, but I published in these seven, um, last seven years, I already published probably about 130 articles on this topic, not just uh, uh, specific cases, but also regarding academic integrity and um, um, misconduct in, um, in universities, in academia, and also other, um, other stories uh, related with academia and academic integrity. I really think it's important to speak about this uh, topic uh, in public life, because um, I I just realized that we we are we have we have a kind of particularity. Let's say it. Um, we have very um, we have a lot many, um, and I can give you a, a specific number. We have uh, more than one hundred uh, one thousand and three hundred doctoral dissertation in military studies. I know this is quite, um, it's not so spread in the world, uh, this um, scientific domain. But what we have here in Romania, and this is unique in the whole world, we have two, um, academ two scientific uh, uh, domains, two doctoral domains uh, that you can't find any, in any other place on this earth. It's about... Uh, intelligence and national security, 
and it's about public order and national security. These are just two concepts that are related with national security. But what happened in Romania is that they were transformed in doctoral uh, domains and basically in um, domains that are, let's say, and put some quotes, searched by um, uh, and investigated by some researchers, uh, which is, of course, it's a fake Uh, research because uh, most of doctoral dissertation that were defended in these two domains are plagiarized or at least could be very uh, very poor in in I don't know in their topics so they are so so very bad quality. So so wait, wait, wait. Uh, let me understand it. Let, yeah. uh, let everyone understand. There is. Then there is a specific area of studies in mm -hmm. Romania in which you can uh, you can achieve a degree, yes. a doctoral degree, and you say that most of the research that is being done on intelligence and defense is fake. Yes. Okay, that has serious consequences for the public life, for the, for the public domain. Yes, of that. course, and let me explain why. Because um, the people that follow these two uh, domains and that uh, basically studied, uh, 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 followed their doctoral studies in, in these two domains, uh, uh, they are f part of the Romanian elite in this moment. The governing elite? The governing elite, administrative elite, um, And uh, also um, business. Some some of them yes, not too much, but some of them yes. Some some uh, businessmen uh, uh, follow these uh, these uh, uh, studies. And uh, but let me give you a better example. We have judges, we have prosecutors, we have intelligence officers, we have army uh, officers, police officers, um, politicians. Um, people that have very high position in all kind of uh, administrative institution in Romania, basically they have they have a doctoral dissertation, a doctoral title in some of these uh, uh, areas. Areas, yes. and I need to to make us <laughs> another specification that these uh, two areas, uh, these two uh, domains, doctoral domains, they they are um, they are inside of two of three military universities, so not in civil universities. One of them is um, uh, one of them is um, subordinated uh, to the minister of defense. Another one is subordinated to the minister of uh, internal affairs, and the third one is subordinated to the Romanian intelligence service. So people that want to have, uh, to have a, 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 this kind of degree title, scientific title, they didn't went to a civil institution to, to receive or to, to study, I don't know, sociology, psychology, other kind of uh, science, real science real sciences, they, they just went to, to military universities that are very hermetic, that, they, they, that are very closed, 
um, that are just, they, they worked together, these three universities. And in these three universities, we discovered, I discovered in 2015 for the first time, that we are building a very uh, weak elite, basically, and a very moral corrupt elite. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, and uh, it was just, uh, it, I, I, I accidentally started to write about this. Uh, I didn't imagine when I started for the first time in, in 2015, mm -hmm. uh, with the first uh, doctoral dissertation that I searched on, I didn't imagine that I, basically uh, seven years ago I will speak about a phenomenon because mm -hmm. it is a phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, this phenomenon was so uh, widespread, not in just on, on these three military universities, but also in civil universities. And uh, maybe it's probably it's similar in Poland. We, the most important and strong universities in Romania are owned by the state. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, we have uh, uh, doctoral studies just in two private, two or three private universities, but they, there is the same. Uh, um, in Romania, as I told you, the private universities are weaker than the state, uh, the, the, one, the ones that are owned by the state. So, yes, I, I just discovered that uh, we are in a very uh, serious danger because... Um, if doctoral studies that are uh, that followed by yeah. people that want to uh, make research and to improve our lives and our knowledge, and they basically, they just copy-paste. So what you're saying is that there is a systemic risk, systemic uh, yes. uh, risk, which is about compromised, uh, like the original sin, let's say, at the foundation of the public service career in Romania. Yes. That is, uh, as I understand, and I would explain, is allowing for harassment, corruption, and other pathologies that may penetrate the system also through that door, because these people, once corrupt and potentially um, Black you know, blackmailed, they, they are... They, are, they may be under uh, influence that is not in the best public interest. But let me tell you something which is very interesting. These people basically are, um, ha have uh, some uh, doctoral dissertations, uh, doctoral titles in, in um, national security. The fact that their doctoral dissertations are plagiarized turned in a threat to the national security Absolutely. because they are so, so vulnerable. Basically, they are not proving uh, competence. Mm, that's, that's yet another uh, side of this danger. Yes. yes. So we don't know how to, what are the competences of people who actually deal with the, with the subject. Other elements of that danger, systemic danger, because we see the blackmail element, the, the, the kind of informal influence on, on public servants, these uh, low qualifications or underqualified people getting the you know, extremely important jobs, jobs. yes, um, high positions in the state. Yeah, and I guess the the, the research overall or the the quality overall, so the the body of knowledge in Romania may be suffering simply of of not getting the latest, uh, let's say, 
interaction research networks where, yeah. uh, where from which uh, generally Romania can benefit. But then I heard yesterday, as you talked about a particular case of the very recent uh, interaction, when you actually expose, and, and we we spoke also at some some time ago with uh, Aliamindu Pipidi about the systemic threats in the justice system here and mm-hmm. in the interior affairs in, in Romania, and also with uh, the judge that had to leave uh, um, and, and uh, we had Camelia Bogdan of Camelia Bogdan and she, Christy Dan Letz uh, that, also yeah. another judge that was expelled from from magistracy so so exactly these cases show us that not all is well in Romania but there are exactly these efforts to expose to mm-hmm. to open up um, uh, to dry up the swamp uh, mm-hmm. some people would say um, and and you have also a particular add-on to this story effort, uh, which which I think our listeners would be super interested in. So so what happened here recently with uh-huh. your with your your quest on exposing the public officials? Yeah, I I um, I I wrote uh, this year. Well, I so I need to make a, a short introduction. We have in Romania already uh, three uh, prime ministers that were exposed and one interim prime minister. So if we put this interim prime minister, we will count four former prime minister, former three prime former prime minister and uh, a current prime minister that were accused of plagiarism. So Victor Ponta first one in 2012, uh, second one was Mihai um, Tudose. Uh, uh, he was not prime minister at the moment when uh, another colleague of mine wrote about his uh, doctoral dissertation. Um, but he was appointed, even he was uh, accused of plagiarism in his doctoral dissertation. Gabriel Oprea, who was vice prime minister and uh, uh, interim prime minister in the moment when I exposed him, basically he's the start of my, my story, my long story, seven year story. And uh, the last one is uh, Mr. Uh, Chuka, uh, who is the, the current Prime Minister of Romania. I wrote about his doctoral dissertation in January, in 18th of January. And um, his dissertation was, uh, uh, had just 138 pages. He plagiarized, I discovered, and I could prove that 42 pages at least from his doctoral dissertation were pre- plagiarized. Um, it was a huge debate here uh, in, in, in Romania after I revealed this because it was in January. It, the Russian threat was very uh, profound. People asked me, why did you wrote about this uh, in this moment because he's a former general, four-star general. He was the chief of the Romanian army until he was appointed minister of defense and after this prime minister of Romania. And uh, basically I asked uh, the National Library to give me a copy, of an online, an electronic copy of his doctoral dissertation in May for the first time in sorry in in September 2020. So they uh, delayed uh, so much the uh, answer to me with one year and uh, 
three, four months. So in this time, he was appointed as prime minister. Anyway, second day after I, I uh, published my story, I received a threat uh, from a person that I don't know, of course. Um, I went to the police. I filed a complaint against that threat. Um, the discussion in the public um, uh, space uh, continued regarding this uh, investigation and someone else sent me another threat. I went again to the police station. I filed another complaint against this, uh, this threat. And exactly after one month, after I wrote about uh, the, this dissertation, Someone sent me on my Facebook uh, messages, a person that I don't know, uh, I'm not related with, I never met, I, so it's someone completely unknown for me, sent me five personal pictures uh, that were made 20 years ago. Uh, in my apartment, it, there were not uh, compromising or something like this. I, I, there were just personal pictures. I need to tell this because I don't want people to imagine. <laughs> anyway, and um, I, uh, I, I, I was shocked because I just realized in that moment that someone stole some pictures, some personal pictures, and of course, and I start to wonder when happened this, who did it in which conditions and how this person could store that pictures that were somewhere put on uh, an external hard disk. I didn't have that um, pictures in my computer in the last, I think, eight, 10 years. So it was very, very strange. And But when I looked better on that pictures, I discovered that uh, one of them was a screenshot and it had in the top of that screenshot, in, in the top of that screenshot, it was my name and a name of a site. When I put on Google, I, I discovered that that five pictures were uploaded on more than 30 porn sites. And um, I just took a screenshot of the message that I received from that person in that evening because... Uh, uh, I have to ask. Yes. With these five photos, was there any message uh, or it was just five photos? No, it was a message. It was, uh, hello, beautiful, uh, how are you? I just want to uh, okay. show you so, what I discovered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just, but um, nothing. Nothing of a threat. Nothing. No, 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 nothing. It was just uh, this kind of message. And uh, um, it, I, I, took that, I, I took that screenshot in that mm -hmm. night because it was already... It was late. I, I took that screenshot and I uh, just in order to have a proof that someone owns my personal pictures, because as you know, someone can delete a message from uh, WhatsApp or Facebook messages or. And next morning, I called the police lady that uh, had uh, uh, already uh, the. The, the case regarding the two threats I received the previous and um, I asked her if is in their competence to investigate uh, uh, this uh, electronic uh, um, um, threat, uh, intimidation, harassment and even the stolen pictures. 
And uh, she told me yes after I closed the, I, I uh, uh, yes I end the the phone she the call she she sent me a message on my WhatsApp uh, and she asked me if I can uh, gave her the name of the account that sent me that message and in order to send her the uh, the, the name account I sent her that's the screenshot that I took to that message I received from that man and um, okay I went to the police after this I felt another complaint I um, I uh, just uh, uh, gave uh, them other information regarding what happened there and um, uh, what I believe uh, that stole the pictures and when and uh, where I kept them and uh, stuff mm-hmm. like this in the next morning, I discovered on my Facebook, um, uh, on my on my uh, email that uh, a Google alert, and in that Google alert, um, there were four links to four articles, um, and in these articles were were retrieved links to a site from Republic of Moldova, which is not in the European Union. And in on this site in Republic of Moldova were published the f- that five pictures, but also the screenshot I uh, uh, took it uh, with uh, in the night when I discovered uh, uh, the message, and I just had that message. I didn't send that message to other person excepting the police officer. And I was shocked when I realized that the police basically leaked that that screenshot and probably also the probably for sure the also the information that uh, that pictures were uploaded on some porn sites because I didn't gave to the police lady also the, the pictures I just gave her the information the fact that uh, that pictures were uploaded on that porn sites and. Um, I, I really was shocked. To, uh, in this moment, uh, in that moment, I, I called the Minister of Internal Affairs because he um, asked my help when he tried to uh, make some changes on uh, the Police Academy, one of the institutions that uh, uh, transformed the doctoral uh, uh, studies and doctoral dissertation into a phenomenon in plagiarism. Uh, uh, speaking about plagiarism, and uh, I called the minister of uh, of internal affairs to to tell them to tell him that um, that a, 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 an evidence because that screenshot became an evidence in a criminal investigation turned in a uh, was uh, sorry was leaked on a, a site from uh, Republic of Moldova which is owned by a Romanian citizen convicted for four years and eight months in prison, but who is a fugitive and who is hiding uh, uh, in uh, in Republic of Moldova and who can be expelled from Republic of Moldova uh, to Romania in order to uh, be uh, sent in the, in, the, mm-hmm. in the prison. Anyway, um, I have to ask here, yes. did, did you check for Pegasus spyware on your yes. devices? Yes, yes. This was one, one of the first things I did 
and my my phone was investigated by uh, Amnesty Tech um, through uh, an NGO from United States was investigated by Citizen Lab, and also it was investigated by uh, Bitdefender Company, which is one of the global um, uh, most important uh, uh, security cybersecurity companies in. In, in, in the world and uh, no any of these three uh, entities found uh, uh, any way any uh, any trace of Pegasus or other malware sp spyware or something like this so uh, my phone according to them is clean and I really think that because I had many other things that could be exposed Explored by someone that wants to, I don't know, to um, um, make me or to put me in a, I don't know. Anyway, use, use any of other uh, photos or whatever not, material not just, that you have. Yes, not just photos. I had some. Anyway, I had. Yeah, like, I ever, like yes, family like, photos or whatever. No, yeah. I mean like 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 a journalist have. I have a conversation with with the sources. So no, any source was compromised until mm -hmm. now. So uh, I'm I'm just thinking of this uh, thing mm -hmm. that is more important than because I I really don't have kind of compromising things on my phone, photos or, 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 or things like this. But anyway, um, what happened after this, um, I had the, the Minister of Internal Affairs told me that I can have, um, he will ask an internal investigation inside the police to see who, who leaked the, the, the screenshot. He also um, put me in contact with the, the chief of the Romanian police in that day. I, I had a meeting with the chief of the Romanian police. And in after that meeting, I felt another complaint and in which I, I, I basically I uh, said that the, someone inside the police leaked uh, the, uh, the, that screenshot, uh, uh, criminal evidence, and also I, I that complaint was against violating privacy because I consider that police violate, violated me again, my privacy. And I put uh, these two uh, things in, in that uh, new complaint. But three days after, the, the chief of the Romanian police called me and asked me a new meeting. I went to in his office and he presented me a so-called analysis made by the best specialist the Romanian police had. It was um, um, uh, an OSINT um, um, investigation, open sources investigation. Something we now find quite useful during the war and the invasion of Russia and Ukraine. There is a lot of that. Yes, anyway. yes. And basically what they did, they just searched on internet the way that the pictures were spread. And in this so-called analysis, they present me that another site published with five hours before I gave the police lady that screenshot published the screenshot and my five pictures. Basically, in these circumstances, the police was away from any kind of suspicion that leaked the, uh, the uh, information and the screenshot, of course. But what happened after I went out his office, I called my editor and she started, when we were speaking on the phone, 
she starts to search on the internet and to look after this site. And she discovered that with 10 minutes before my pictures and the screenshot were published, this site published another article that was about um, uh, um, some, uh, uh, it was about the, some relations um, regarding United States and Russia. It was on 17th of uh, February, so with uh, one, about one week before the invasion, and uh, the tensions between Russia and United States were increasing. And in that day happened some uh, press conferences that uh, were held in State Department and also uh, uh, in Minister of uh, External Affairs in uh, Russia. And anyway, in this, this article was a copy-paste article of another, of a, a news that was published on a Romanian uh, site, a Romanian online site, at 5.30 p.m. But the hour when uh, this article, the same article was published on this site where my pictures and the screenshot were published, it was 5.35 a.m. So basically at 5 35 a.m. in that morning, this, that site that published my pictures and the screenshot was writing about things that didn't happen at that moment. You know, they at 5.35, they were speaking about, about um, decisions that? that were made by State Department in the United States. Um, on the no, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday morning, but Thursday morning in United States, because they are with seven hours back, it was Wednesday night. So how to publish at 535 something that will, will, will happen um, with uh, 10 hours later. So, of course, the date of that article was backdate, basically, they backdate the, 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 the date of the article. Uh, and also uh, the date of the article where the publish. I'm saying they because I don't know who is yes. who is responsible for this. But what I want to say that I, I asked um, an analysis uh, from uh, an expertise basically to um, Bitdefender company, and they discovered that the images that five images and also the screenshot were upload, up, uploaded on this site uh, two hours after I had, I had that discussion with the Minister of Internal Affairs on uh, 18th of February in the morning. I, we, had, we, we discussed at 8 o'clock in the morning and the pictures were uploaded at 10 o'clock. So two hours after I, discovered, I discussed with, with him on, on the phone. So we can pretty clearly see through that story uh, that that in fact the the from the ministry you, there was an element of cooperation or leakage uh, or interaction. Uh. I, I I don't know. There are, I have just I have two hypotheses. Maybe the minister. Of, I told the minister of internal affairs that someone leaked the information. He of course he spoke with the chief of the Romanian police 
And in that moment, they they realize that I know they, I mean, the ones that probably mm-hmm. the chief of the Romanian police asked um, okay. information Whoever to that on the, structure. On the, on the, yes, yes. On, the police and force. Probably mm-hmm. someone found out that I know they realized that they made a, a mistake publishing that uh, screenshot because when I called the Minister of Internal Affairs, I told him precisely that I I don't gave that screenshot to other person that than mm-hmm. the police officer and probably uh, when he asked maybe when he put questions someone understood that they make they made need to a, cover up and they try to cover up yes but there is another hypothesis that the minister of internal affairs in a way um, is is involved so Maybe he was fooled by by his uh, uh, by by the people that are subordinated to his uh, um, office, let's say, and uh, or uh, he is uh, involved in a way in this story. I don't know. Anyway, uh, if it is a, a, a version and another or another one, it's very uh, it's very serious and it's. Yes. So unacceptable. I think, so I think the both parts of your story, one on the systemic threats that we started off, uh, clearly demonstrates how, on a, again, on a systemic level that mm-hmm. we have a problem. And then your most recent story, the one that you just told us. You is, said good that is my recent story because three years ago I was threatened with that by the rect, former rector, now he's former rector of the police academy and vice rector of the police academy and they were sent in the court. They were convicted for three years uh, with suspended prison. Uh, and in 9th of June, we are waiting the final decision of the Supreme Court of, in Romania. So I'm. this is not my first experience with uh, this kind, but it's, I don't know. I. Basically, I'm targeted uh, time to time just because I'm doing my job, just because I'm doing, I'm, I'm trying to uh, do my job. I'm, I, I think I'm serving the public interest and I'm serving the th- truth. And also I'm, I'm trying to, um, uh, to uh, t- tell to the Romanian establishment and to the Romanian authorities hey, you have a huge problem with this and this is unacceptable because it's basically um, uh, beca- it's, it's tr- this, this kind of receiving uh, fake titles, plagiarized titles, pl- plagiarized dissertation and fake titles is transforming, is transformed already in a huge threat to the national security keeping in power this kind of people. And in NATO security too, Central yes. European security too. So for the all, all of our listeners, Visegrad Inside Podcast listeners, do pay attention, do hear out the story and and also follow Emilia. We'll put some links to, to this story later on to read it, to analyze it, to make your own opinion, but also take action to discuss and to raise it in your in your respective circles as, as indeed this is... Uh, This is a, a problem that shouldn't be that Romania and Emilia specifically shouldn't be left alone. With. It's a it's a common it's a common uh, problem to tackle with. Thank you, thank you very much thank for you. joining the podcast. Thank you for having me.